0: If uh, you will find the verse, Revelation 1:8, this is the, the Lord speaking. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God. The one who is, who was, and who is coming. I am the Almighty. Let's pray together. Father, help me to be a plain preacher today, so plain that a child would understand me. Help me to be in tune to your Holy Spirit and your word of knowledge you give to me to speak to a person or their situation. Lord, if you uh, prompt me with it, I want to be obedient to speak to it. And then, Lord, you look at all of us today, but you see me differently. I'm uh, your teacher, your preacher, and upon me is a greater and a more strict judgment than anybody in this room. And I know that, and I accept my place in rightly dividing your word. So in the name of Jesus, I pray his name that I preach. Amen. You can be seated. It's good to see you all. Thank you for being here today. When the Lord said he is the Alpha and the Omega, those are the first, one of the first Greek letters of the beginning of the Greek alphabet, Alpha, and then the ending, Omega. Uh, To put it to understanding for us, it's the A and the Z. He says he is the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And when you deal with the alphabet, uh, when you're creating words and you're communicating, then... uh, it contains everything that you need one of the reasons jesus uses i am the alpha and the omega for me and you it's the a and the z is we don't need to go anywhere else he's absolutely everything to us and that's what he's trying to get across to us i just want to show you how he continually says that about himself very specifically in the book of revelation look at revelation 1 4 he says to the seven churches in asia Grace and peace, there's a greeting and then that's also how we leave today. Grace and peace to you from the one who is, who was, and who is coming uh, from the seven spirits before his throne. Look at Revelation 21, six. He said to me, it is done, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, I'm the beginning and the end. I will give water as a gift to the thirsty from the spring of life. Look at Revelation twenty-two thirteen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Even in the book of Hebrews, you and I learned that that writer talked about Jesus and said he's the author and the finisher of our faith, that he's saying this to get a picture that he is everything, he's literally everything. Um, Something you need to know is When he says he is the A and the Z, the Alpha and the Omega, first and last, beginning and the end, he is sovereign over all of history, all of it. Uh, I I know um, we may be paying a little bit of attention to what's going on in Russia, the attempted coup uh, going on with Ukraine, and and does it spark a little bit of interest to me? It does, but I want to remind you there's been incredible movements of people in the past uh horrendous catastrophe in our history uh i just want to remind you he is sovereign over all of that he's the a and the z alpha and the omega first and last beginning and the end author and finisher of our faith but as i was dealing with this verse a few weeks ago i asked myself the question uh He being the a and the Z, the beginning and the end, have you ever wondered about what we do in the middle? uh What do we do in between he's the beginning and the end i th- I think you may even be here and not be a believer today and you may you may agree that in him's the beginning, and he will definitely decide the end. But what do you do when you're in the middle? What do you do well i just, I want to give you four really simple things you could expound on them you could make it more than four things you could add some points but these are four simple things that i would love for you to look at of how we live in the middle of all that uh, i want to go back to last sunday james one fourteen through 15 and we were handling about god our our father who's good He's, he gives to us and we were using this verse because james was talking about God doesn't tempt you with evil, but every good and perfect thing that comes from Him from up above. So he he was giving how things happen to us, how troubled times actually look to us, and the, the sinful intent that the world has with us. So I wanna read verses 14 and 15 again, just as a reminder. Here's what I would love for you to do as a pastor. I'm gonna step out and teach for a moment. I would love for you to get your Bible out and mark these two verses. Or if you have scripture on an app on your device, I would love for you to get it out. And I would love for you to turn to your Bible app or whatever it is that you have and, and write down James 1, 14 and 15. Because when somebody asks you questions, I would love for you to be able to respond to this. This, this is a beautiful picture of the gospel in what Jesus was sent to do. I'm getting ready to read all this to you, but remember, Jesus was sent to disrupt all both of these verses. He was sent to shred this thing, to absolutely intervene in it wherever you are. So let's walk through it as a reminder, because if we're gonna learn to live in the middle between the A and the Z, if we're going to learn to do that then we need to we need to get this as a foundation. But each person is tempted when he is drawn away. We're getting you're, you're in your your intersection where it says God doesn't tempt you with evil. He doesn't do that. He doesn't tempt you with sin. But each person is tempted when he is drawn away. Now listen, I know I repeat myself. I know there are times you're going jeff has said that before i want you to know that i had i know that i know that i've said that before okay i don't want you to think well he's getting older he's just repeating himself because he can't remember i know what i've said to you and i'm going to repeat myself right here okay the You'll get to thinking, it's your feelings and emotion and a season that you're going through. But one of the first things he wants to do is to drift you away from the word of God, the people of God, the house of God. He'll, He'll slowly draw you away. Okay? Now you're going, well, that's my feelings. I'm mad. I don't like this. I don't like that. I, I, I don't want to. It's too time constraining. This is the season of my life. I just want you to hear me, and I want you to hear me clear. As my dad would say, for the 40 time. Okay, I've been doing this longer than most of you have been on the planet. He, his, one of his first steps is to drift you away. You you you'll get you're thinking no it's just stuff I'm going through no 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 it it it, it is a strategy that's beyond you yes. one of the first things he, he when a person is tempted he, he tries to drift them away and then we are enticed by our own evil desires I love uh, Daryl Robinson uh, a pastor was a pretty prominent pastor in North America when I was just a young preacher. And uh, he gave a definition of sin that I I think is the best I've ever read. And he said that, he said, sin is having a God-given desire and using it in a God-forbidden way. God gave us desires. But you and I have to take those desires and are, are we gonna control that and use that in a way that he is blessed? Or are we gonna be enticed because it says by his own evil desires, it means yours. Are we gonna take those God-given desires and use them in a God-forbidden way? Because every desire he's given us, we can use it one way or the other. That's why James was very skillful and wise in saying we are enticed by our own evil desires. So he wants to drift you away, draw you away. One of the greatest things you can do in your life of faith for you and your family is be consistent. When it comes to worship, you listen, you could have been a thousand places today. And, and my dad always said, you know, rain to keep people away, especially from church. Thank you for coming, all right? But you could have been somewhere else. I'm grateful that you're here today uh I, I am but we need to tell we need to tell the world that's watching who we worship and we also need to tell a world that is unseen who we worship and i want to thank you for being here today you, you being here sends a message to a world that watches us and to an unseen world that tries to control us and one of the things that happens is we're drifting away now, verse 15, I told you last Sunday, these are steps to disaster. Uh, then, then after desire has conceived, you made a decision to use it in a God-forbidden way. It, it conceives and it gives birth to more sin. It will never stay just that sin. We can get into arguments on whether smoking a joint is a gateway drug to other drugs. I personally believe that it is. Uh, We we can get into one sip of alcohol to the point of can it lead to other things? We can get into arguments on what what is a gateway of anything. I just want you to know, being drifting away and being drawn away, and and then letting your desire that God gave you being used in a God forbidden way, it conceives and it becomes a gateway to more sin. It will blow up in your life. You'll say, how did I get here? How did all this happen? Why is all this happening to me? Because sin will multiply. It'll not only be what you started in, it will expand and it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. All, that, all those steps. Here's the gospel story. Jesus came to intervene and disrupt every single step that you read in verse 14 and 15. That's why I want you to write this down. I want you to know where to go when you're explaining this to somebody or they ask you a question. What's the gospel? Just go to these two verses and let them read it and realize that everything that is mentioned here, Jesus came to destroy it. That's Isn't that gospel good news? Don't be more excited over the Reds than you are this. This is life and eternity. And he came to disrupt every single stage that is listed here in this process that leads to destruction. I'm proud of Tucker and Chuck that led today. For those of you who don't know them, uh, that's father and son that we're leading today, and I'm incredibly proud of of both of them. But they led in one of the songs, who pulled me out of that pit? That pit, he did, he did, right? I'm, I do wanna grab the guitar and sing, but I won't. But who who pulled me out of that pit? He did, he did, that pit right there and it becomes a picture of the gospel message. Uh, The Holy Spirit convicts us of where we are in any of these steps. It's, it, and he'll lead us to Christ. I've got desires, you have desires, but we have to use them in God-blessed ways. You can use them in a God-forbidden way or a way that he blesses you have a choice. But when you take it to the forbidden way, this process kicks right into gear automatically. You see that, he came to destroy that. He doesn't want you to have that. Why does God hate sin so much? Is because it leads to a separation and a death for you that he does not desire for you, okay? I, I, just, I just really, when people come to me, they'll say, I, I feel isolated, I don't feel like I'm apart, I don't, uh, I just want you to know disobedience will make you feel that way. And that's exactly the drawing away part. Because when, when I hear that as a pastor, I'm going, okay, what's going on? T- tell me what's going on in your life that, that, is, that the Lord does not bless. And you'll, you'll find out that it leads to that, I feel rejected, I feel isolated, I feel left out, I feel forgotten, I feel all those things. And it'll be more than your feelings and your emotions. You have to know that is a strategy of the enemy right here. Y'all got that? Yes. Okay, good. So four simple ways of being in the middle between the A and the Z. Number one, we surrender. We gotta get to a point of surrender. Galatians 2.20. Paul in verse 19 is talking about the crucifixion of Jesus. And then he says, I no longer live but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul will always focus on the cross. No matter where you are in those steps to disaster in James 1, 14 and 15, the, you and I, if we're gonna surrender, we have gotta surrender at the cross. We gotta realize what he did. Paul also has a picture of resurrection, and it's here even though you may not see it. Let me point it out to you. He said, but, but Christ lives in me. Here it is, the life I now live in the body paul paul realized i mean he's feeling and acting like i've been raised from the dead everything about him is god gave me a new life god made me a new creation god gave me a new birth it's as if he himself has been raised from the dead so he has a picture of resurrection here you and I have got to live that. I, I've uh, been talking to people, some folks in our church were involved in a car accident and I, I'm texting them and, and, and the recovery, some of them is gonna be long, long recovery. And I'm going, don't forget the resurrection power of the Lord. You and I have that at our availability. You've gotta, you've gotta remember that. The power that raised him from the dead, will, he'll give you the power to get through what you're going through. So there's a picture of cross and resurrection for him. Paul's like, it's a new life, the life I now live. And he says, I live it, I live in faith. I'm, the word here means I'm all in, absolutely all in. If you're not careful, you will treat living for the Lord like going to the grocery store It's just something that you have to do. It's something you have to do. Uh, I've For those who will remember, do you remember when I I told you as an example that if you're a real Christian, you'll take your grocery cart back? Y'all remember that? Long time, years ago, right? And I do remember that I told you that. Uh, That if you're a real Christian, you'll take your grocery cart back. As a lady, her her husband was a doctor in Frankfurt and her name's Jackie Hernandez. And Jackie is a dear, dear friend of mine. And we, we love each other deeply. And so I called her about another matter that they had us checking in on her and she goes, Do you know what I'm doing? She goes, I was just thinking about you. I said, Really? She said, Yeah. I said, what made you think about me? She goes, I just took my grocery cart back. She goes, I, I thought about you telling me that we need to, we need to take our grocery cart back. Uh, I could get into more about those stories, but I won't. But you'll get to thinking that living for the Lord is like going to the grocery store or mowing your yard. It's just something that I have to do. Listen to me, it is your life. It's not a side mission. It is not a shadow mission like brushing your teeth. It is everything to me. When he says I live by faith, it's saying I am all in. It's not a sideshow. I am absolutely all in. How do I live in the middle? Between the beginning and the end, the A and the Z. I surrender to him and I am all in this thing. He is my life. I want my life to please him. I want my decisions to please him. I want my actions to please him. If we're not careful, you will require obedience from other people, but never require it for yourself. We'll expect it out of everybody else, but we don't expect it even out of us. We live we live in faith in the Son of God, who loved me and who gave himself for me to break up James 1, 14 and 15. To absolutely break all those steps. Second thing, in this, in this between, in this middle A to Z, is we're maturing in the Lord. Ephesians 4, 13 through 15 says, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son. Now, let me just stop there for just a moment. I just don't want you to know about him. I want you to know him. There, there are a lot of things that people say today in communication, and they attribute it to Jesus saying it. But if you know Jesus, you would know whether he said it or not. You know, they'll, they'll attribute things to Jesus' character and you'll go, hmm, that's interesting. But if you know him, you'll know if that's a true statement or not. Uh, I, I had a family come to me and they were praying together. They said that they, they just wanted to double check, but they, they felt the Lord told them it was okay to doubt. You think he's ever gonna tell you it's okay to doubt? Now don't go thinking that you do doubt. And that makes it okay. We all doubt. But he's never going to tell you to doubt. Or is he ever going to tell you to worry? No. It's not in his character. It's not who he is. In fact, he tells us not to doubt. He tells us not to worry. Well, you might doubt. But it doesn't mean he won't give you assurance to crush that doubt. You see that? but he's never going to say well you just stay No, he's never going to say that it's never going to happen he's never going to say well you honey you just hang on you just stay worrying you just go on worry your little heart to death <laughs> is he going to do that it's not him you got to know him and how do you mature you know him through his word I'm, I'm, there's unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's son about who Jesus is. We're growing into a mature man, woman, it includes both here, with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. Who are we trying to be like? We're trying to be like Christ. Not you to me or me to you. It's we're trying to be like him. Then we will no longer be little children. Do you know what I handle most as a pastor with adults? Is they're acting like kids. You know what I'm saying? we just adult children. Uh, we, we are no longer be little children, tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning with cleverness and the techniques of deceit, which goes back to James 1, 14, 15. Get you in the steps of disaster, but speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him. Who, who are we gonna be like? Him, uh, who is the head, Christ. I wanna be like Christ. The, we're maturing, What are we doing between the A and the Z? We're maturing. How do we mature? Second Timothy 3, 14 and 17. Paul writes to his son in the ministry. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, you know those who taught you. And you know that from childhood, you have known the sacred scriptures which are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus all scripture is breathed or inspired by God it is living and is profitable it's good for you the enemy's gonna tell you it's bad for you it's good for you this is healthy soul food right here okay it's good for you it's profitable for teaching rebuking correcting for training in righteousness why here's where we're maturing so that the man or the woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work that is called your way. We are maturing in Christ. How do we mature? We do it through the word of God. You'll have an understanding and a wisdom that you will not get from this world. You will, you will do that. Third thing, first thing is surrender. Two, mature. Three, make disciples. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. These are our marching orders. Jesus gave this to us after the resurrection. It says, then Jesus came near, said to them, all authority's been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you, and remember, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. I want you to ooze off on people initiate life with other people help them to believe let them see what you do and your your walk of faith and let it be question marks let them ask questions help grow them help mature them in the faith i loved what t said to the family uh, about uh baptizing hand, I love this I love what was, that was a part of that of the responsibility on the family help them mature in the faith let me remind you about discipleship it's demanding it'll always be demanding it's not convenient a lot of times we want to serve the Lord when it fits our schedule the only problem is you're so busy nothing can fit your schedule It's not convenient, don't go thinking it will. We'll give excuses, and Jesus handles that in the Gospels about people that were gonna follow him. Well, Lord, I can't follow you, I just married a wife. We'll just leave that one alone, guys, right there. All right, no further. I can't get married because I just bought some oxen. I can't get married because I or I can't follow you because I bought some oxen. I can't follow you because I've just bought some land. That there, you can give all the excuses in the world, but it, you, you're gonna have to push through to disciple people. Like for example, my dad, when it came to mechanics and stuff, I'm not good with engines. I can do some things. I can, you know, I can change some oil, do whatever here and there. But I'm, I'm not good to understand. My dad thought it was quicker for him to do it than to teach me to do it. And the truth is, it is. It's faster for him to do it than it is to teach me to do it. But you gotta teach other people to do it. You, that's to, li- to do what? To live in the faith. You, you're gonna have every excuse in the world, but it doesn't stop. Even you're going to be in times of trouble, and you're going, I can't disciple people in times of trouble. It, that's the best time to disciple people. When my Tom died, our Tom died of cancer at 31 years of age, one of the first things I made sure I did before you was to get back up here and start preaching. One of the first things I set my mind to is I'm getting back to what I surrendered to and what God called me to. I'm not gonna let Tom's death shut me up. In times of trouble are the best times to show people the faith that you have surrendered to and that you live by. You're thinking, times of trouble, I've gotta deal with it myself, I don't have time. Remember you don't ever have time. But in times of trouble is one of the greatest ways to show other people the faith that you have in the Lord. I just wanted to make sure that the devil wasn't gonna hush me. Does that make any sense to you? Okay. Discipleship is time consuming. It's not convenient, but it's time consuming. And it's demanding, listen. You'll hear me if you're not careful. The enemy will whisper this to you. Well, Jeff, that life you're talking about is too hard for me to live. I don't want to fool with it. It seems like it's a burden. Let me tell you what scripture says. This is why you need to know scripture. Scripture says that an unfaithful life is the most difficult life. A faithful life is not the most difficult. An unfaithful life is the most difficult. You'll get to thinking, man, it's easier to not be under all that. I, you're in. You're back into James one fourteen and fifteen again. You're back into the steps of conceiving sin, giving birth to sin, maturing in that sin, it growing. All those things. I'm not going to fall. Don't worry. I'm okay. If I do, you'll know it. Though I'll tell you that. All right. You, you'll be. You, you get this fall, and it takes a long time for it to quit. I'll probably go through the drum kit back here when I, if I, if I get going. What's beautiful about this? Go back to verse 19, Kim. What's beautiful is that you and I get to work with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Do you see that? Isn't that beautiful? That's a gospel message. I get to work in in conjunction with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. What a deal. And then not only that, is in verse 20 i get to i get to spend it with him he's with me we we can have expectations on pastors that are so unrealistic of being able to be here there and yonder and 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 i've lived it for 62 years it's it's okay but here's what happens Here's what happens. Something happened to you and you want to call the preacher and that's fine. You ever wondered who the preacher has to call? <laughs> you ever wondered about that? Uh, and and uh, so, so where do we go? I want you to go to the Father first. I've got to teach you how to live your life with him, walking with him when nobody else is around. How how do I take that thought captive? How do I take this desire that I'm getting ready to do and and use it in a God-desired way instead of a God-forbidden way? We gotta learn to be able to walk with it. That's what I've gotta teach you to do. And I've gotta live that in front of you. Can I talk about discipleship for a moment in Matthew 28? You're going, Pastor, you need to teach me how to do this. You should be doing this if I never mention it. Why? Because he already has. You're saying, Pastor, you need to preach on that. He's already preached it. You should be doing discipleship whether, if, if, if I never bring it up. Now I'm gonna bring it up. But if I never mention it, it should be on your heart to be a disciple because he's already given this command to us. Given it to me and given it to you. What do we do between the A and the Z? We surrender, we mature, and we make disciples. Lastly, uh, we win souls. Look at Proverbs eleven thirty. It Says the fruit of the righteousness is, uh, the righteous is a tree of life, and mature trees are beautiful. Uh, a righteous life looks that way because they live by faith, even in dark times, troubled times. And he who wins souls is wise. Look what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians nine nineteen. He said, for although I am a free man and not anyone's slave, I have made myself a slave to everyone in order to win more people. So we surrender, we mature in and through the word of God to be like Christ. We make disciples. We do this, not convenient, demanding, even in times of trouble. We, we disciple other people. And then through all that, we serve other people so that we, we may win them to the Lord. We just become a servant. You know, the Lord may put on your heart that you need to fix a meal for somebody or just call somebody or, or send them a note or send them a card or send them a text. It, it could be a lot of things. Just drop in and say, Man, is, is there any way I can pray for you? Do you, you need me to pray for you? I know you'll run to the preacher, that's fine, but I'm just saying we need, to be, we need to be living in such a way that the Holy Spirit can tell us that. I know where you're going. It's too time consuming. I've got my schedule. I promise you, I promise you, when you step out of your schedule to follow the Lord, there's a blessing there that you can't explain. When, when I know God is sending me on a task and I have to rearrange my schedule, which the word rearrange is something we're using in the year of 2023, and I have to rearrange my schedule to do it, and yet I still do it, you know who gets blessed? I, 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 get, I end up getting blessed. You think you're going as the blessing, but the Lord will end up blessing you. We who win souls is wise. Between the A and the Z, I'm gonna surrender. Between the A and the Z, I'm I'm gonna be maturing in the Lord. Between the A and the Z, I'm gonna, in my faith, I'm gonna ooze off on people. And between the A and the Z, I'm gonna serve people. And as I serve people, I'll be able to win more people. He's got the beginning and the end. You and I have the middle. So surrender to him. Do it. It's awesome life. It's the best life. Can it be difficult? Yeah. Even Lord said, j- just just like, you know, the catastrophe of the sub, uh, you know, going to the Titanic, and I was, uh, was and that's horrible. But I, I was reading Christian responses, and when I say Christian responses, I'm talking about people who are notable, who are Christian authors. Let's just put it that way. And so uh, all of them were basically saying the same thing. And one of them said, what do you think about this catastrophe? And his answer was, in the interview, his answer was, every day is a gift of God. Listen, we, we can live so entitled. Are you listening to me? We can live so entitled that we've already claimed tomorrow when all you have is Today. That's all you have. We, we live so entitled. What well, he's gonna give us next week? Or he's, this is, this is it, it is a, today is a gift of God. This is a day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Because uh, what does Jesus even say about tomorrow? Jesus says, tomorrow's got enough trouble of its own it's got enough trouble of its own we have today surrender surrender start maturing in the Lord how I do that through his word you'll have an understanding and a wisdom that the world doesn't know you'll see you'll see everything through different lenses and there'll be lenses of faith I make disciples and then I serve people how do I, I serve people so that I may win more people to Christ? Okay, let's pray. Father, I pray over our people. I have no idea what decisions you are stirring people to make, young and old here today, but you are. And I pray they have the courage to be able to follow you today, Lord, to surrender, to take the steps to mature, ooze off to people with their faith and then lord that we make a decision to serve so that we may win other people to you i pray that over us and thank you jesus you came you came to destroy the enemy pulling me away you came to destroy sin being conceived you came to destroy it giving birth in my life You came from it growing and maturing to other sin, and you came to conquer death that can happen to us. I thank you, Lord, that you came. You gave yourself for us, and we say thank you. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray, we pray together. Amen. Church, would you stand with me? Counselors, would you come find your spot? The invitation is this. Whosoever will, for whatever reason today, You come as Tucker leads, you respond.